Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Combat Veteran Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Paul, combat veteran, MMA fighter, YouTuber, Twitch streamer sometimes, podcaster. I'm doing a lot now. But this is going to be one of those topics that I've noticed is really popular whenever it gets covered in any of the videos. And that is about being in the military and having a relationship. Now, uh, okay, you have relationships with a lot of people. Uh, you know, you have a relation, you know, your boss is a relationship, your subordinate, a relationship. I mean, romantic relationships, right? Obviously, uh, but not obviously, right? And so dating in the military as a single guy, right, as a single straight guy, um, that's sort of the perspective that I'm taking. Obviously, things are way different if you are gay, if you're a woman, um, right? No, t- And no two people and no two bases are going to be alike. So I'm going to share my experiences, but that's just kind of, you know, one person talking about things. And hope, But hopefully you guys can get some insight over what this sort of dating environment, this strange dating environment looks like. So the, the two points to understand that sort of influence everything else I'm going to talk about is first, the military, despite its considerable efforts to improve the diversity of its recruitment force, still skews heavily male. I think the latest stats that I saw, and these are probably a couple of years old, was that the army is around 85% men. Uh, so that, of course, means that there's, ooh, let's see, one, four men for every one woman, something like that, around there. Um, so obviously, the dynamics of workplace relationships are pretty fraught. Now, the other thing that I think is really important to understand is that military bases are located often in land or areas that the government could not get rid of to anyone else. So that means that often they are not proximate to major urban areas. They're not proximate often to population centers. It's just sort of a fraught... I mean, they're, they're sometimes in extremely unpopulated areas and more likely just in areas that are a bit outside of where you would conventionally go. And this, too, is sort of a spectrum, right? In, the, it, it, in fact, both of these categories sort of occur on a spectrum. Yes, 85-15 is the average across the Army, but if you are in, say, the Army Medical Corps, right, you're going to see a lot more female soldiers. And if you're in something like the infantry, which only recently became open to women at all, you're going to see that number look more like 99 to 1 or 90, you know, probably probably even greater than 99 to 1. Likewise, some bases are actually are near fairly developed urban areas. Um, the classic example being what's now called JBLM, what used to be Fort... I don't know. I don't remember its name, but it's it's Joint Base Lewis McCord. Oh, Fort Lewis. Duh. Um, yeah, JBLM is right in the Seattle Tacoma metro area, but you also have places like uh, in the Marine Corps Twenty Nine Palms, 
in the military has their adjacent training site called NTC, the National Training Center. And that is an hour outside of Barstow, California, which if you've ever been to Barstow, you probably know is not a desirable place to meet anyone. I, I got lunch there driving to California, and boy howdy was I not pleased to meet just about just about anyone there. Just seemed like a really sketchy area. Um, no offense to anyone from Barstow, though I did just insult your hometown pretty viciously. I'm t- listen, it, be a realist here, okay? I'm from Philly. You think there's an insult you could level against Philadelphia that I won't be like, hmm, yeah, there's some truth to that. Yeah, people, people, people from these towns know. Okay, so having established those two key facets of context to understand dating in the military, let's talk about the two places, again, as a single dude, that you can look for for a romantic relationship. The first is inside the military. Now, inside the military has a whole bunch of problems, but some benefits. And I have dated, I dated several women who were in the military uh, on active duty, right, stationed at the same base I was. And here are some of the issues. First, you know that a military partner, they're not going to be looking to get a hold of your benefits or they're not they're not going to be doing, you know, gold digging. And that's because obviously they also have the same benefits and are earning the same professional salary you are. So it can be in some ways good to know that this is someone who isn't after you for your great health care or what looks like a really competitive salary for the area. And that can just make it a little easier to relax around someone, to be open to them. I'm sure this is sort of loosely how, like, celebrities, right? You ever notice celebrities always date each other and they almost never date fans? That's probably because it's almost impossible for them to know if a fan is just after them for money or clout or to turn around and write a tell-all book and make a million dollars. And it's just easier to date other celebrities who you know aren't after you for those things. It allows you to be more less guarded in your more authentic self. A sort of scaled-down version also plays out in the military. Now, the other thing that makes dating in uniform, inter-uniform dating, dating in uniform good is that the other person is going to get it. And by it, I mean the military culture, the military uh, hours you often have to keep. You know, for example, someone else in uniform is going to understand when you get a 4 a.m. phone call from your boss that says someone in a totally other platoon or totally other company has gotten a DUI and now the entire battalion has to gather around, go report to work, and like get lectured on why getting a DUI is bad as though as though no one else noticed. And of course, you may be thinking as an aside, you may be thinking, "Wow, Paul, there are many weekends where as a young 20-something, if I was awoken at 4 a.m., I may still be intoxicated." And fun fact, yep, that's a risk that these battalion often battalion and company commanders totally understand and still just do anyway. This is because the military is often stupid. Now, obviously you can imagine if you have a spouse, let's say, or young kids at home, or you're just with your girlfriend, 
right? Imagine how she is going to react when you get a 4 a.m. phone call on a Sunday morning and you are have to leave and you're potentially gone until noon that day. Whatever plans you had just got scrapped. So if you are dating someone else in the military, they're going to go, ha ha, <laughs> you have to deal with this, knowing full well that in the future they will probably have to deal with it too. In contrast, a civilian who has a civilian perspective of jobs and working might say, but you're not on today, Sunday or Saturday, it's your day off. You're not supposed to be in work. Well, you're never really off when it comes to the military. And so that can be a source of conflict. Similarly, right, you get one week's notice that you're gonna be going to the National Training Center, or you're gonna have to go to some training course somewhere because the original person got sick, right? And you get a week's notice and you're gonna be gone for six weeks. And that is business as usual in the military. And someone else who's in the military is going to totally understand that. Someone who isn't may not. They may find it confusing and annoying that these sort of things come up oftentimes several times a year. Now, those are some of the perks. The downsides are considerable. First off, and most notably, the military has a very strict set of rules regarding what it calls fraternization and fraternization is classically refers to romantic relationships but it can be any sort of outside the military extra military relationship that could compromise the effectiveness of the chain of command so that can include for example and often the most clear, the brightest line in fraternization is between the officer corps. Those are commissioned officers who have usually completed college um, and begin their career as lieutenants, go on to captains, majors, lieutenant colonels, colonels, and the enlisted. Uh, those are generally the people that join right out of high school. They start as privates, become, and rise to varying levels of sergeant, uh, staff sergeant, first sergeant, command sergeant major etc and that line is very bright fraternizing between officers and enlisted is extremely illegal and the standards for violating fraternization regulations are very very high or very low excuse me and that means that for example let's say i wanted to launch a, a power washing business make a little money on the side power washing my neighbors siding and driveways and i asked my NCO buddy who I know from work who also needs a little extra money and has a pickup truck if he wants to help me out on these jobs. Well, the answer is under military regulations with a tiny number of exceptions, you cannot do that, right? Uh, that is considered fraternization because you two have launched a business together and that could compromise the chain of command if you know, for example, that your business partner has a job that weekend. Maybe you as an officer won't call in uh, your entire platoon to yell at them because someone else got a DUI or whatever, right? These are the sort of comp potential pitfalls that you run into with fraternization across the board, but it also applies within the chain of command. So even if I had, say, a if I was a captain with, say, a lieutenant working for me, another officer, Right, there are certain types of prohibition, prohibited activities uh, there as well. For example, I would probably be prohibited from 
also launching a business venture with them outside of work but the standards are a little bit looser for example i probably couldn't invite my nco um to i couldn't invite just the ncos i liked to come to my house and barbecue and have